all over. Blog Talk Radio. Everybody get up.
ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason. Uh, Mason, see, I can't talk tonight. Welcome to the show. It has been an insane week at my house, so just please bear with me. I have to tell all of y'all that we are fixing to reach new heights on your show. Yes, I said your show. It's not my show. It's your show. You, the listener, you, the guest, it is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, this time tomorrow or in the morning, I expect us to be at 120,000 listeners on the show alone, just on the show. Show's not even two years old, and we're already at 120,000 listeners. By the end of the year, who knows where we'll be? I'm thinking maybe 150, who knows? But when you add all the podcasts and you add iHeartRadio and Spotify, we're at 150,000-plus listeners in 200-plus countries. And it's all because of all of y'all, and I am so grateful, so humbled, and so appreciative. I cannot begin to tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Now, that being said, there's two ways to get on the show. I know you say that I say this every night, but I'm going to keep saying it until it it resonates and y'all understand, yes, you have a platform on this show. One, you can come on as a guest. I don't care if you're an author, a musician, you have a political platform, you have a cause, contact me. The other is if you are an artist or you have a product and you want me to promote it, contact me. Contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com for $10 for a month, one, one month, 30 days, 31 days, however many days are in that month, I will run your ad. And if for whatever reason, y'all all know I'm dealing with a very ill husband, and for whatever reason, if I have to reschedule shows, I just roll your ad over. You will get your $10 plus. And trust me, ladies and gentlemen, the ads are making a difference. One of the young ladies that is a sponsor for this show, her her name is Diane Moat, and she is an author. Her books went number one in the country of Australia because of these ads, because Australia is our biggest listening base just on this show. God love them. Thank you, Australia. Y'all are wonderful. 93% of the listening base is out of Australia. They are absolutely phenomenal. But her name is Diane Moat, and she has a series called the Sam Holden series. And she's got the second book out. The first book is called Dog Gone, and the second book is called Dog Fight. And it goes, wherever a helpless animal whimpers in the dark and wherever the system fails to protect said animal, she'll be there, and she isn't giving up anytime soon. So beware, you've been warned. When Sam Holden receives a tip about a brutal dog fighting ring, she embarks on some of her most dangerous acts of vigilantism yet. The monster known as the puppeteer circles Sam's world as she unknowingly circles his. As they chase each other, will Sam put those she loves most in harm's way in order to break up the ring? With time running out and animals in need, the dangerous life Sam's created begins to eclipse any other life she could ever lead. Lead. Ladies and gentlemen, you can get both Dog Gone and Dog Fight by Diane Mode on Amazon and Amazon Kindle. The second young lady that is a sponsor of mine that has been with me forever, and I absolutely adore her as well, her name is Cece Chamberlain, and she has a podcast. It's called Inside Your Life with Cece, 
and our podcast is a motivational, passionate conversation. And what Cece does is interviews people who are living their true dream. It doesn't matter if they're an artist, if they're a boxer, if they're a history enthusiast, if they're who knows what. She doesn't care. She strives to give people hope for a brighter day with her inspirational words. So download, subscribe, and listen as Cece guides you to pursue your dreams for you to live your best life. Her show is available on podcast.com, Google Play, and elsewhere podcasts are available. So see how easy that is, ladies and gentlemen. You can get on the show. All you got to do is contact me. I won't bite, maybe. Depends on the time of month it is. I could. It just depends on if there's a full moon. That being said, our guest tonight was sent to me by another author who's been on my show several times, Charlotte Hopkins, who I absolutely adore. And she said, Yvonne, look, I've got this great author. You need to get her on the show. Just so happened I had an opening this weekend because I, I missed the event in Coco. I was not able to go because of my husband. So I said, okay, what the heck. So I scheduled this lovely, lovely woman, and I absolutely adore her already because she and I share the same time of the year, or should I say age. Yeah, we'll get into that. Her name is Julia Press-Simmons, and she is the CEO of QMB Publishing and Armin Media. She's the author of three novel series, Strawberry Mansion, Fornication, and Sassy. She pens several nonfiction and children's books. Julia is an award-winning spoken word artist and playwright. Her play Down There was selected by the Shades of Black Festival Emerging Playwright Series in Nashville, Tennessee. Down There also received a staged reading by the African American Playwriting Exchange in New York City. Julia lives in Pennsylvania with her family and is currently working on her next series, are y'all ready for this, The Coven, a dark fantasy written with her fiancé and business partner, Brahim Gibbs. Now, not only does Julia do all of that, but she's a mom, she's a nurse, and I don't know what the hell else she does. The woman never sleeps. So we're going to find out what her secret is. Well, we I, I, I kind of know because I was in that position. Welcome, sweetheart. How are you? I am fine. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on the show. You are so welcome. I am marvelous. If I was any better, I couldn't stand myself, and neither could anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I how that goes. A quick shout-out to Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. She's so sweet. I love her to death. She is. She is Thank a sweetheart. I've known Charlotte for several, several years, and she she is like me. She believes in paying it forward because in this industry that we are in, we yeah. are going yeah. to succeed together. We're all going to fail separately. So I, I, I am for helping others get ahead in this industry. It's a tough enough industry as it is without going around saying, I'm not going to help you because you're in competition with me. That's bull hockey. We're not in competition with each other. We're all brothers and sisters. I don't even understand that. I know. you read a book, a a very good book, the only thing it makes you want to do is read another very good book. It's not like a car you buy the book and you're going to keep it for seven years. It's a daggone book. (laughs) (laughs) And and people, some, some 
some authors just don't get it. They're so wrapped up in their own um, self-importance, they 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 shrivel up and die because they don't want to take the time, make the time, or or be something to somebody else because they're all so worried about themselves. Well, that's why they don't make it in this industry. No, so, they don't. Or they no. have a miserable existence in the industry, you know. Well, so. that too. Or maybe they have a miserable personal existence. Maybe maybe they just believe they're better than they are because I've known some of those folks and I don't deal with them very well. I look at them and go, mm, you're not all that nor a bag of chips. So <laughs> going down the road with you. I want to know about Miss Julia. I do a deep dive on 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 my on my guests because I don't know if Charlotte told you, but before I moved down to Florida to marry my husband, I, I was a bounty hunter in Georgia. So I like to go and do deep dives on on my guests to find out things about them. And oh, wow. I want to, yes, I want to know about Miss Julia, the young Miss Julia. When you were a kid, did you have any inkling that the path that you were going to take was going to take you on a journey of being a nurse, a playwright, an author, a CEO of a publishing company and a media company, and all points in between? Did you have any idea this is where you were going to be? I knew I was going to be a writer. I did not know that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I did not know that I was going to be a nurse. Um, but I, I was a little liar. Yeah, I mean, I was the horriblest little liar you ever did meet. <laughs> and and um, I lied so much and, like, in your face and everything. And um, I remember I got in trouble at school and then, the counselor actually diagnosed me herself as a pathological liar and told my family they had to take me to counseling. Well, I went to the therapist <laughs> and told Daddy got the bill. And then when Daddy got the bill, he told me, he sat me down, told me that I was not a liar, I was a writer, and I just need to write my story. <laughs> but I can't go talk to that nice lady no more. <laughs> oh, my word. And, you and really ever were, since you then, I've been writing you, my stories there. You were just a wordsmith. Oh my a very God. I, was, uh, I had a ma- I had an imaginary dragon. I had several imaginary enemies. I didn't have imaginary. <laughs> I had imaginary <laughs> enemies, and I just spun tales all the day long. I so, love it. <laughs> I, I always knew that I was going to be a writer. I started my um, school paper in elementary school. I thought I was going to be a journalist. Um, like I really thought I was going to be chasing down leads and breaking stories and stuff like that. It didn't turn out that way, but I always had a passion for writing. Well, now you could you could take that storyline and weave it into a book and be a journalist by proxy. Well, um, I kind of solved my journalist bug with my media company because we cover um, we cover cons and um, nerd culture and um, 
events around the country. We've just been invited to Canada. So I really like, I, I don't do the interviews myself, but I oversee them and I set them up. And I have uh, awesome bloggers and journalists who work for me because that, that sort of scratches that itch that I have. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm like lying too much to be writing about the truth. <laughs> I, I like, to, I'm, like I'm, I'm gonna stick with fiction. Okay, then. See, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> y'all know those of y'all that have followed this show for almost two years know that we never know where the what direction any conversation is going to go. Simply because that's why we call it off the chain. We just have fun on this show. Sometimes we get serious, and we come right around the the circle, and we get happy again. Now, when when you were a kid, and you were telling mm-hmm. all these wonderful, okay, let's say that reality in your own mind. Okay. <laughs> in your in your reality, did you build all these worlds? Did you did you take on a new persona? Were you Julia, the the um, slayer of all evil in the world? Oh, I, I was. I definitely. We lived by. We lived three blocks from a park, and it was a myth that it was a green lady that snatched children. Um, so I would lead expeditions into the park to hunt the green lady there <laughs> and and slayer. Um, I usually, like, what got me in trouble with my counselor is because I would lie on people. Now, like, I was really young. Like, I was elementary age. I didn't, I didn't really know the extent of what I was doing or how bad it was doing. But I would just, when people would, like, leave or enter the classroom or whatever, I would invent stories of where they were going and what they were doing. <laughs> I was like, you know her mom came, right? Yeah, her mom and her dad are getting a divorce, and her mom came to take her out <laughs> He's a really social guy, and I used to have a lot of friends when I was younger, but as I got older, I'm really comfortable in my own company because I could stay in my head. I 
can have a great time in my head. I don't need <laughs> I don't need company. I don't need to be doing much. I can think of a story or I can think of how to make another story better or I can take a nap. You never know. Like but I don't need to be around a lot of people socially because are of you, all the my characters do- in I, I, my head. I, are you my doppelganger? <laughs> I could be. Now, how cool is that to have a, a doppelganger that's um with a, a sweet southern accent? You know we'll be mimicking this accent all the day long. That'd be all right. My, <laughs> my fiance is, is plum sick of me. <laughs> because I feel the same way. I don't need to be around people. To be complete, happy, or satisfied. Exactly. I'm per- like you said. I'm perfectly happy in my own head, even though it does get crowded. Yeah, and and plus, I'm very empathetic. Like, so you know, where like you could tell my fiance all your problems, and. He will like he will offer advice and he will feel bad for you, but when the minute you walk out of his company, he is think he is on to what he about to eat. Me, I'll be crying and like, oh my god, that poor girl, and what are we going to do and stuff like that. And he be like, those are their problems, and I'm like, no, but did you see the pain on her face? Like, I don't, I don't have no wall of protection from that, so I kind of keep to myself, so I don't oh, absorb you got, people's you drama. Some- you got to build some walls, child. As an empath, you got to build those walls because if you don't, and now this this brings us to to a a piece in your blog that I have to read because it's just too hilarious. Now, now, women of a certain age will understand this. You youngins, you'll get there, but women of a certain age will understand this. And she says in her blog, "I am entering." perimenopause and I'm crazier than usual. I am battling obesity, hypothyroidism, hypertension, and anemia, a clusterfuck of annoying health aches. Okay. I rest my case. When you get to a certain (laughs) age, that happens. So my advice to Julia was, go have all the shit taken out and you don't have to worry about it. The road rage will be gone. <laughs> I won't be so strange anymore. <laughs> no. Y'all can just take this uterus, please. Because take it and the and the, the, no the ovaries. I'm, I'm not going to be cooking any more babies. Take everything. No, take it all. You're done with it. You have no need uh, of it. It just I needs to be a sane by. person in society. Well, as sane we, as we are not. to start, you know, we, we, still got, <laughs> we still got that creative insanity that dances around in our head. Uh, okay, it's not it's not that much. So it's hope, but not that much. Well, there is hope. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a different level of insanity. Okay. So, but you got this. That. You can, yeah. Now, what I want to know is how, in the name of creation, as a nurse. Do you deal with all the stupidity and competence and um, lack of professionalism that sometimes creeps up in the healthcare world? 
Oh, well, I'm happy to say that as of last year, I I quit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Just cut that I did it for 20 <laughs> years. And you know, you know, I um I always I'll say since I started, since I published Strawberry Mansion 10 years ago, I've um I've took a humongous risk in this industry. Like okay. I'll I'll put it all on black you know, and I have a family to take care of, and that's put my family in some, you know, precarious situation um, because of the risk that, that I took. So I was like, well, I'll keep my job, and the job will take care of the family, and then I can, you know, I can go for the wall for my companies. But I was just so unhappy, and when I hit 40, I, hit, I turned 40 last June, I could no longer do things that made me so unhappy. It's just not really in the 40 makeup. Like all the fucks that you were given in life fall away at 40. <laughs> well, and, and, and also, Julia, you start seeing the 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 end of the tunnel down there and you start thinking about your own mortality and you're going, am I going to say shoulda, woulda, coulda, or am I going to cut that dead wood and I'm going to say I don't need this BS anymore and I'm going to find my own level. Yep, and that's exactly what happened. So November, I'll say October to November, not really, <laughs> I'm not really sure <laughs> when my last day was, <laughs> but that ended a 20-year on-and-again-off-again relation with the healthcare field. And I've been so much happier since. So, you know, I had to learn money management and, you know, better business practice, but that that's to my benefit anyway. You know, you get so True. dependent on that paycheck. That paycheck come in. <laughs> that paycheck was coming mm-hmm. in every week. <laughs> but and until I'm it is happier. Yeah. And I can move around way more. And I was like, we're getting these opportunities that I had to turn down because, you know, that was my weekend of work. And not just the opportunity to business, just about all the family functions that I miss, all the, you know, picnics and birthdays and you know, engagement parties that I couldn't go to. And you can't get them back. No, you can't. So I'm so, so happy. I like, it's not for everybody, but, you know, you only get this one life. Well, and that's <laughs> you true. Make and, and, yeah. and, and you spent 20 years in the healthcare business. And yes. the more that I see of the healthcare business, the more sad I become. And and the reason for that is I've been taking care of people all of my life. My husband is very seriously ill, and I've been caring for him for the last 13 years. He's just gotten progressively worse. And I, I see things in the healthcare business that it just makes me want to to rip the skin from my skull and fire shoot out of my eyes. Sadly, because there are some people in the healthcare business that don't have any business pushing the broom in the hospitals, much less wearing a uniform and being a healthcare provider. At all, at all, and to be 
you know, an artist and to be so empathetic and to be, it used to drain on me because people, Uh people know who's going to take care of them. Yes. So I will wind up being pulled by the whole unit, not just my assignment, because they know that I'm, I'm going to take care of them. And it was, it was just a drain. There's so many people who come to work in the healthcare field who are just there for a paycheck. Like they're just not good humans. Not even just good nurses or doctors. They're not great humans. You they, know, they need and to go somewhere. Yes. And now and I've been blessed. The, the last hospital that I worked for, for their credit, to their credit, they had very low, little tolerance for underperformers. But it was still like, it's still too much. It's still too much in the policy wise, in 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 the healthcare wise, that I'll see somebody with um, a condition, and it's not getting the, the level of care. The person across the hall with the same condition because they don't have the same health coverage. Right. It's 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 not only it's, you become a number and then you become a priority depending on whether or not you have insurance and that is so wrong on so many levels that I cringe as to where we've come in the healthcare business. It's more of a, a money making business than it is the hypocritical oath. Yes. Exactly. I train my husband's doctors well, though. They, I tell them what they're going to do, and they go, yes, ma'am, is there anything else that we can do for you? <laughs> and that's how you got to be. I would tell everybody, please don't go to a hospital or a doctor office without an advocate. Please, especially if you're, if you're not. You have to have an advocate. They're going, your care, the level of care is going to be comparable to the amount of voice and temper in that person's <laughs> Honey, I have thrown nurses and doctors out of my husband's room and dared them to darken the door again because I don't put up. My husband's 83. I don't put up with the bullshit. I understand. When I first got diagnosed with anemia, um, I was trying to lose weight and I was doing too much in the gym and I went to work and I was about to pass out. So my good friend, who's a nurse, she insisted I go to the hospital. I went to the hospital, and then she came to see me the next day after she learned I got admitted. And my blood level, my um, hemoglobin was so low, yet they weren't giving me a blood transfusion. Why? So she was looking over my records, and um, when the doctor came in, when the nurse came in, she was like, I need to see all the doctors. And all the nurses, and tell them I don't want names. All I want is medical license numbers. <laughs> they were so scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I had to stop me some treatment yep. <laughs> after she left. <laughs> she left, I didn't have, before she was going, I had two blood transfusions. I was feeling good. I was sitting up in the mm-hmm. bed. They had run different kind of medicine. But you need an advocate <laughs> with you. <laughs> Absolutely. And she referred to them by their license numbers and didn't so they told her her license number once and then that's all she referred to them by. 
see, and, and I, I, have, I have said this over and over and over again, and I have seen so many people that were in hospitals and in doctor's offices without an advocate. And because we have such an elderly population down here, and most of the, the, the elderly that are down here, the children don't live here. The grandchildren don't live. Mm-hmm. They retired to Florida to die, and they don't have anybody. They just have paid caregivers. Well, most of those paid caregivers don't know jack shit about their condition. They're just there to draw a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to have to do a whole sh- you're gonna to have to come back. We're just gonna to have to do a whole shoe on a whole shoe, a whole show on healthcare. <laughs> yes, I will be down for that. <laughs> okay, you heard it first here, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna take a quick break and run a couple of ads, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about Julia's books because she has some amazing, amazing books. This is off the chain with your host Yvonne Mason and my guest, author Julia Press Simmons, and we will be right back. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman. A True Montana Adventure, available online and in bookstores, or visit quinwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. Hi, this is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guests on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our books the And I Saw It series, and The Misfit Guides. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Or just to see what your ladies are up to, you can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. <laughs> you so silly. You silly. Remember Did you write that? That's funny. <laughs> Remember to visit us at andwethought.com. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest author, Julia Press-Simmons. And we've been talking about the healthcare business and her 20-year profession in it. And the fact that this woman can multitask and has so many irons in the fire, it's absolutely unbelievable. But now we want to get to the meat of the matter. And Julia published a series called Strawberry Mansion, and there's a backstory to Strawberry Mansion, but first I'm going to read the synopsis. It's Strawberry Mansion, a Philadelphia story, and I found it very intriguing. I haven't read it yet, but I am going to get it simply because it grabbed me, and it the, the synopsis is like this. Dramatic is one of the many words to describe Strawberry Mansion, a Philadelphia story. The story is centered around three young women friends who must rely on their connection to each other to weather tragic storms. Tabitha, 19, lost her freedom in high school when she hooked up with a boy who would impregnate her and make her his punching bag. Lisa, 17, is deemed the strong one by her friends, but her own past of sexual abuse and pregnancy at the hands of her stepfather 
keeps her one second from falling apart as the drama builds. Shanice, 14, is a hellion, ready and willing to let any boy have her just to get the affection she believes her mother has withheld. As their world spirals out of control, they cling fast to one another in the hope that love, friendship, and strength will not only keep them together, but will also move them to a better place in their lives. Now, Julia, when I was, as I said, deep diving you earlier, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that I read that this was sort of an autobiography that you wrote. Yes. Well, it's loosely based on my life. I'm Tabitha in the story. You're Tabitha, and, so um, you're the 19-year-old. Yes. Okay, um, do you mind talking about that? No, I don't mind at all. When um, when I was a teenager, um, 15, I met my uh, son's father. And um, he used to hit me. But at the time, all the girls that were going out with boys in my high school were getting hit. It wasn't un- It wasn't unusual. And it wasn't major because we were all kids. And there wasn't the the PSAs or the Internet or the, the commercials that tell you about domestic violence. So even though I did not witness this in my household, I saw it at school. So I, I wasn't alarmed by it. But as we grew older, like, he effectively started cutting me off from my friends and my family. And then I became pregnant, and then we moved into it with each other and then the abuse like became extreme like burning dead extreme and I I no longer had anyone to talk to or to run to so I started to write my story down well one day he found it and he dragged me out in the backyard and beat me bloody and he burned the book and I always tell him you you cannot erase words from a soul of a writer. You just can't. I I made the decision that night that I was still going to write. I just wasn't going to write it in a book, you know. I was so strawberry mansion was written on like little folds of piece of paper and little receipts and stuff that I tucked around the house to protect it. Well, I was in college. Fast forward second marriage, and I'm living in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and I'm in college to get my nursing degree. And I'm working full-time, and I come home, and we had to do these green sheets where we diagnosed the patient and had to look up all their medication, and it was um, a couple of medications and a couple of diagnoses that I could not find. And it was due in the morning. And I, was, I remember sitting at the computer crying because there was no one in my circle that could help me with this. Like, no one would know what I was talking about when I um, asked them for these diagnoses. So um, I'm sitting at the computer and I'm struggling. Um, I don't think we had Google at that time. I don't want to lie, but I, I don't know if it was. It wasn't what it is today. And right. my son was going to the bathroom, and he came out, and he said, Mom, why are you in nursing school? Why are you crying? Why are you doing all this? When all you do is write. I was 
Lord. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> he he wiped my tears and went on the bed, did not even know how he changed my life in that moment. <laughs> so I pulled, I pulled out all the notes I had, like, gathered them in a shoebox, and I pulled that out. And I, I told my, my ex-husband, I was like, I'm going to write this book. At the time, it was called Teenage Time. And he said, okay. I said, no, you don't understand. I'm quitting school, and I'm going to write this book, and I'm going to publish it, and we're going to be rich, and it's going to be great. <laughs> he was like, all right. But when I opened up the shoebox to start writing the beating that I received from writing it the first time, Together, I was paralyzed with fear. I, I was at the computer, and I could not write. And to his credit, he got behind me, and he um, he took the computer chair out, and he put the – we had, like, a dining room table, and one side had a bench. So he put the bench up to the computer. So I sat on the bench, and he sat behind me on the bench, and he put his arms around me, and he said, no one is going to hurt you this time. You can write. And I think for the first five chapters, I wrote it like that with him because I was so scared. So after I got over my fear and I realized nothing bad was going to happen to me when I wrote this story, I said, this is crap. <laughs> like, I need a writer's group. Like, I have no idea where the commas go. Paragraph, <laughs> a sentence shouldn't be, like, 18 paragraphs long. <laughs> so... I joined a writer's group in Harrisburg, and they tore Strawberry Mansion up. And they was like, oh, she, this is so stupid, and why didn't she do this, and why didn't she do that? And it was like personal jabs because they didn't know. I didn't share at the time that I was Tabitha. And I went back, and I was like, I can't write this book. I can't publish it, this, that, and the other. And he was like, my son was like, Mom, why don't you do what everybody else in Hollywood do? Like, just change the names and fictionalize. Like, don't nobody have to know it's about you. Like, God, like, it's so traumatic. Like, I'm, I'm the worst drama queen ever to my, to my son. And he has been blessed with common sense that I don't have. <laughs> All my common sense came through him. So I was like, okay. So Lisa and Shanice are actually – a composite of girlfriends that I knew and, and cousins and stuff like that. So those two women don't actually exist. But things that happened to them existed, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes, makes perfect any sense. sense. Yeah. But when adding them to the book put enough distance for me to get the book workshopped and get the book the help that it needed, publish it. So, um, the the journey for writing Strawberry Mansion, I actually started writing that book when I was, I would say, 16, 17, and I published it um, when I was 31, and I didn't know, like, I sent it out to one agent, <laughs> and I got a rejection letter, and Unlike other writers that's like, oh, I have walls and drawers of rejection letters, I was like, bullshit, I don't ever want another one of these in my life. <laughs> How do I do this myself? <laughs> so I ordered Dan Pointer's self-publishing novel, started a publishing company, uh, printed up 500 uh, books, 
and then went and started going to bookstores and asking them, can you put this on your shelf? Like, I don't know how you do this, but I wrote the book. It's really good. Like, and if people read it, I'll be rich and famous. I didn't know that it didn't work that way, <laughs> but <laughs> I was hopeful. <laughs> I was a hopeful kid, and I didn't want to uh, – um, turn the book into an ebook because that just felt like thievery. Like, it was like, no. So what do you do? So I put it up there, and there's people just get it off Amazon, but they won't have a physical book. What kind of science and witchcraft? <laughs> <laughs> Little realizing that ebooks are 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 wonderful. <laughs> yes, but at the time, <laughs> I thought they were trying to steal my baby. Me and nobody can prove me different. <laughs> they proved me wrong. And it was actually, I tore up, Strawberry Mansion remains my best selling book to date. Because I tore up the highway selling this book. I printed that book in the thousands. I badgered, bullied people. Like, I lied. Like, they was like, I really like just gangster books. It's a gangster book. Oh, I'm really in a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> that little liar from earlier just resurfaced, and I was off to the races. <laughs> you know, I only read nonfiction where you know it's nonfiction. You <laughs> so, hold that craft as a child. Yeah. <laughs> And I still was working, and I really was like struggling until I put the books on ebooks, and I got my first check from Amazon. I was like, I have arrived. Uh, (laughs) There you go. Now let me ask you this: Mm -hmm. as a survivor of of domestic abuse, eighteen years worth. See, I refuse to say I'm a victim. Because if I'm mm-hmm. a victim, then he still has control. So I have come through that abyss and come out on the other side. And when you wrote the book, did you not find it as a catharsis? You were able to heal then and leave that ugliness where it belonged. And that was in the you didn't you didn't continue to drag that like a ball and chain with you through the rest of your life so that you could not have a fulfilling relationship with yourself, first of all, because, you know, we have to build ourselves back up and understand that we're okay just the way we are before we can have a relationship with someone else. And, and it, once you wrote that book, you could let that ball and chain go and, and leave it back there and say, I don't live there anymore. I'm not that person. I believe that when I wrote the book, I grew up. I believe that the abuse had stilted my emotional growth. Uh And I never became an adult in the truest form of the word. Like, I played the part, but I never really felt in control or in command of myself. And it's so funny, you know, in hindsight that my ex-husband was the one who helped me start to actually write the book. But the process of writing and publishing the book was the beginning of the end of our marriage because the adult woman who emerged on the other end of that book had standards, had power, and realized what she wanted in life and was not able to compromise so easily. 
and was not able to settle at all. You know, when I had to go and revisit the things that I allowed to happen to me and the way that fear changed my mentality and, and kept me prisoner, like, it, I always tell people, well, you know, how, how, when they ask me, how did you find the strength to leave? And I would, and I'd be like, I made a choice. I made a choice that I was going to leave and I wasn't going to take this anymore. But even when I was making that choice, I was not aware of that power. I was not aware that I had any power until I was 32 years old. And, and sadly, that's what happens with women that are in domestic abuse relationships. They don't understand that they really have power. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they beat away at you. You know, I say yes. it, it changes you. It changes you mentally that, you know, someone that you can lay with and make love to could hurt you in such a way. And the fear, like, he beat me up really bad that one time in um, in the backyard, and I think another time. But then he really didn't have to put his hands on me after that. The fear of those beatings was what controlled me. The fear of his level of anger at that time was what controlled me. And... I, I could not see my own strength. And when I became an adult and I I left my um, ex-husband and I came back home, it was like a whole new world. And I had no tolerance for bullshit. See, ladies and gentlemen, why I love this woman already, because she <laughs> understands that we as women are powerful. We are empowered. We don't have to take bullshit, stupidity, and and codependence. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be codependent on anybody. We when are I, uh, when I decided to, you know, to leave and and to find out who I was as this new adult person. I was single for five years. And people would ask, how can you do that? Like, aren't you long? I was not lonely. I was having a fucking ball. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The time of my life, I recommend singlehood to everyone. Why do you want to get married? How long were you single? that's not long and, and enough. You, Go have and some you fun. also you also understood that two things. One, you didn't have to have a partner in your life to be complete. And two, you if you chose to have a partner, it was because you wanted them there, not because you needed them there. Exactly. Exactly. But if you jump from relationship to relationship. Especially, you know, since you, the average person gets in a relationship around high school. Uh-huh. So you get into these serious relationships before you even mentally mature or develop. Exactly. So you don't really know who you are, you know, and you jump from relationship to relationship without breathing. And like, I used my one of my favorite movies is Runaway Bride, where uh-huh. when he kept asking, What type of eggs do you like? And it was always the kind of eggs that whoever she was currently with, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's the, she had that's no the idea. eggs that she ate. 
<laughs> she didn't even know how she liked her eggs. <laughs> and, and, like, well, that's so true. It is true. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to change gears because we're going to, believe it or not, we're going to run out of time real quick. And I, I want you to come back. And she will. She already told me she was, ladies and gentlemen, so she can get a following <laughs> here. So stay tuned for part two. We've got so many things to cover, domestic abuse, the health care field, and a new book that she and her fiancé and business partner are collaborating on called The Coven. Tell us a little, give them a little teaser and when it will be out so that we can launch it on the show. Okay. So The Coven is actually a 12-book series. And the first three books, uh, we had released one earlier, but we took it down to release three together. Um, And the first book is called Bloody Mary. Now, it's um, – everyone – lives like my vampires, they live, my, my coven, Kasha's coven lives in the projects in North Philadelphia. <laughs> so I really wanted to, I love sci-fi fantasy. I love um, dragons and magic and witches and warlocks, but none of this stuff never really happens in the hood. The aliens don't come in the ducts in the hood. Like, we, so like all of our, all of our series that we're reading, because we're writing a space opera too, or centered around you know, Afrocentric culture and um, and just, you know, ghetto fabulousness in space. Oh, and I then, cannot <laughs> wait. I cannot wait to read it. So it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited for it. I'm, I've always wanted to write fantasy. And this is a really quick story. Like, I, you know, I met Robert Jordan when I was pregnant with my son, and I went to his book signing, and I cut in his line, and I – um. Wanted him to read my book because <laughs> I wrote a book about these teenagers that can control time. <laughs> and he took it to the side and he bought me chocolate cake and he read it and he was like, "You got to write what you know." And that's when I started writing teenage time. So that's a, a little bit of fact. He was like, "I'm not seasoned enough as a writer to really be world building," and that's what my fiance brings to the table. Like. He has a fantastic imagination, and the world building is just going to be so fresh. And he doesn't know any of the rules. He's a newbie, so he breaks these rules, and it's really beautiful. Hey. So I can't wait to everybody. There are no <laughs> rules the in the series. indie world, Julia. That's the beauty of the indie world. There are no rules. We make them up as we go along, and we break them as we go along. That's why and we that's do what, what we do. he tells me. And that's what he tells me, but I'm stubborn, old-fashioned lady. Oh, okay, all right. You and I got to talk, girl. We got to talk because you got to think outside of the box. Because yes, what happens? Because what has happened is, we, in the in the traditional world, you get the same old tired plot, the same old tired characters, the same old tired yada yada yada. So break out of that box and be exciting, be new, be fresh, and let Brahim just run with it. I do. I really do. It's so fun. I didn't think that, like, we're together, like, almost every minute of every day. We're, we run the media company together. We write together. We'll spend, like, two or three hours apart at separate meetings during a day. But when you like your mate and you're also in love, it's so much fun. And having oh, a writing partner, it's just, it's, like, amazing. 
and someone that I could I I don't actually bore with um, my endless plot <laughs> lies and, and your and your lies. Now, yes. <laughs> that, that being said, before we run out of time, please tell the our lovely audience where you can be found. I can be found on uh, Facebook. I kind of live there. Uh, Julia Press Simmons. You can um, look me up on uh, Instagram. It's jpsimmons1. Uh, my blog is jpsimmons.com. I kind of write personal stuff there. It's just my life on ink, me trying to figure shit out. It's really not professional. I just write whatever I feel like, and I put it up there. Um so you can always find that. You can email me at jpsimmons at com, and you can find out about all of our wonderful nerd stuff at com, com, and com. the podcast. So, and, and also oh, in our digital magazine, Amerime Magazine, just Google that. See, <laughs> and there's so, much, there's so many more things we haven't even touched on. And also, go – Go to no, don't go to Amazon now. But when we're done with the show, go on Amazon and type in Julia Press Simmons, and all of her books are up there. And I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to love them. You are absolutely going to love them. Now, I've already asked her; she'll come back. She will come back. She's going to be a regular because there's so many more subjects we need to talk about. But don't hang up when the show goes dark because i got some things to tell you. But I do want to say thank you so much for tonight's show and spending an hour with me. It was absolutely breathtaking. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my God, I, I enjoyed had, myself immensely. <laughs> I had a ball, too. So, ladies and gentlemen, to, uh, we come back on on Wednesday night. We're going to have a whole string of um, indie musicians again. On and we will. I can't even begin to start where with all the names. There's going to be so many of them. We're going to have indie musicians through the whole month of June, and we're going to throw a couple of indie um, authors in there. So join us Wednesday night at eight o'clock Eastern Daylight Time again here at Off the Chain. Now y'all always know that there's a couple of things I say at the end of the show, and I, I live them. I live these things. They're very important to me. And one of those things is people will forget. Who you are They'll forget your name They'll forget what you wear They'll forget what you look like But they will never ever ever forget How you make them feel And I hope and pray That every guest that comes on this show Understands they are the most important person in the room That every listener that tunes in Whether the live show or the archives Or any of the podcasts They are the most important person in the room Without all of y'all This show would be non-existent I could sit here and and bloviate all day and nobody would care. Y'all make the show. It is your show, not mine. So I hope that I have made you all feel that you are the most important person in the room. And if you want to achieve greatness, please never ask permission. Because just like Julia, if you ask permission, you'll never achieve greatness. Just go out and grab it and be whatever you want to be because you can't. And as a side note, because we have talked about domestic violence, if you are in a domestic violence relationship, get out of it. Been there, done that. Didn't think I could get out of it. Got out of it. Do not stay in it. Own your life. 
become empowered because you were the most powerful woman there is. Own it. Right, Julia? Yes. Yes, indeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we close tonight, I want to thank you thank you so, so much for your kind, attentive listening. I want to thank Julia for being here. Join us again Wednesday night when we are, once again, off the chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author Julia Press-Simmons. And we say have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Enjoy it. Love each other. Love yourselves. And we will see you again on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. Okay, we are um, we're off the air now, but the archive show will have this conversation in it. So when people listen to the archives, they get to, to hear all this. They hear it every time. But what will happen is when we get off from here, Julia, the show will go up into archives, and when it does, I will put it on my page and tag you in it, and then I want you to take it and run with it. Tomorrow I will put it up on Spreaker and SoundCloud and Podcast.com and Podcast Garden. And then I will tag you in those podcasts as well. Once it hits iHeartRadio, I will also tag you. It goes up on iTunes and YouTube and iHeartRadioFM.com, Podcast Garden, Podcast Spreaker, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And then it goes up on some oddball sites that I don't put it up on third parties do. So you're going to be heard in over 200 countries. Awesome. So... I expect to see yourselves rise even more, my child. I am so grateful, especially for the Aussies. I love Australia. I love the Australian people. They love my books there. See, <laughs> um, but and, I'm and, so and grateful. Our, our, big, our biggest audience on the, on the show by itself is Australia. You're going to be heard in places like Egypt, Iran, Israel, England, Wales, Japan, Scotland, Ireland, the Netherlands, Sweden. Switzerland, Portugal, Spain, Mexico, Canada, <laughs> all over the world we're heard now. So you're That's going amazing. to get excellent exposure, and I'm tickled to death, and I can't wait for you to come back. I want to bring you back. Let me know when the first book gets close to being released so that I can get you booked so we can release it on the show. And I also want you to come back, and let's do a show on – health care and advocacy and the importance of it because you've been there firsthand that i would be that would be my honor and privilege thank you so much for your time thank you for all that you do it's really important for us independents to have a platform you know because they they come and they go but i heard that you said that your show was two years old so congratulations thank for you. that for that longevity it, it might not seem like a long time to some but i know that is not, you know, I've had a blog talk show or, or, or two or three or four. So I know that sticking with it and um, being very um, vigilant about it is not no easy task. So congratulations. And I'm going to tune in because I just simply adore you. And you. Um, I just wish you continued success. Thank you so much. Well, you are quite welcome, my darling, and, and, and we are going to succeed together. Trust me. I, I see good things for you, and, and especially after tonight's show, because we covered a lot of things in a short time. 
touched on a lot of things, and it, I'm, I guarantee you it's touched a lot of people. I'm so glad. I'm about to go call everybody, darling. <laughs> <laughs> well, go call them and, and give me about five, 10, 15 minutes for this thing to get in archives, and then I'm going to put it up on my page, and I'm going to tag you in it, and also do hashtags because my Facebook page integrates to my Twitter account. Awesome. So awesome. it automatically goes up on Twitter, and it also goes up on Read It and Tumblr and Google Plus and everywhere under God's green earth. <laughs> All right, now. All right, We're right. Get some and exposure and today. Okay. I'm telling you, yeah, and it's not gonna, and it ain't gonna be against the law either, because it ain't indecent. <laughs> <laughs> so keep me oh, updated on awesome. the. Now was you were not bored, right? No, I was not bored, and it went by so fast. It was it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Well, well you know, send me authors, send send me people, and and let I me know. I surely when, will. When the coven gets, when you get ready for me to to book you for the coven, and then I'm going to send you some dates, and we'll set up for the other shows too, because you're going to be a regular. I hate it for you. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, darling. We'll talk later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.